Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of the book of Ephesians. There are many essentials of the faith. In some areas of theology, there is room for differing viewpoints. There are some things the Bible hints about, but does not specifically and unequivocally prove one viewpoint as opposed to others. But most things are so clear in Scripture that no deviation can be tolerated. These are the truths we must contend for and be diligent to preserve. Among these truths outlined in this passage is that there is one body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as he explains these truths in today's slice of this week's message, entitled, The Theology of Unity, Part 1. Now, if you were to get into a conversation with a Jehovah's Witness, which you could do if you answer your door on Saturday or Sunday sometimes, or if you know somebody like in, in that group, you can expect them to pounce on you and challenge you by pointing out the word Trinity is not in the Bible. How dare you believe in the word Trinity? Well, the word Ford isn't in the Bible either, but I own a Ford. Well, I don't, but I did once, all right? Um, You need to know what you mean by that word. It is a perfectly good description of what the Bible teaches, and you need to be able to show from the Scripture the concepts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all as God and yet distinct persons. Now, there's another wrinkle on this. There are those these days who uh, claim to proclaim the same gospel that we do, but they deny the Trinity in another way. These are the ones that there are several different descriptions of them. Sometimes they are called the Jesus-only Pentecostals. Say, Jesus is the man, he's God. There are other ones that uh, they are called the Oneness Pentecostals, and yes, it did grow out of the, the Pentecostal movement, but you've got to be careful about that. Among the Pentecostal movement, there are some wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ who have an accurate uh, definition of the Trinity, the gospel, and, and all of that, and they share our one true hope. They are part of uh, the one body, but these people deny that there are three distinct persons in the Godhead. Instead, They say that God exists in three different modes or three different manifestations. One wrinkle of it is they might say in the Old Testament, He appears as Creator. In the the Gospels, He appears as Jesus. And now in the church age, He appears as the Holy Spirit. But changing modes. Well, strangely, that is called modalism. And it was determined and declared to be a heresy in the 4th century. It's found new life in the 20th and 21st centuries. So here's a way you can think about this. 
Um, if you're watching on uh, live stream, I'm glad you can watch. If you're listening to this on an audio recording, there's a really cool thing up on the screen that you can't see right now. But you can portray this. I even have this in t-shirt version. You want, you want to, no, I'm, I'm not wearing it. Okay, here's what this means. God is the Father. God is the Son. God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The Son is God. The Father is God. But the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not the Father. They are all distinct from each other. Eternally existing in three persons is our one God. It is a wonderful way to describe God. And if you want to call that a trinity, and if somebody wants to get upset about that, say, well, I got this diagram of the holy triangle. Uh, maybe that'll help understand it. There's also other corruptions of this, people denying the, the deity of Christ. Liberal, liberal Christianity did that, just saying that, well, Jesus was quite a guy, but um, he wasn't really God. There are others who deny his, you know, his humanity. I mentioned Gnosticism, that you know, Jesus, uh, uh, Jesus was the man. Christ is the, the, the Christ spirit, but Jesus is not the Christ. Now, understand, if you're going to say that Jesus wasn't God, you've got a big problem because He claimed to be God. In our daily emails where we're working through the Gospel of John, I'm pretty sure that it'll be this week, we're going to get to this passage in John chapter 10, starting at verse 30. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. The Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself out to be God. I can't believe that with that in the Bible, there are people who say Jesus never claimed to be God. He claimed it so clearly, so obviously, and so often that his enemies had no question whatsoever. You're claiming to be the God-man. We disagree, so we're going to stone you. They didn't care about the truth. They only cared about defending their, uh, their positions. So if you want to say Jesus was just a, a good man or a good teacher, you got a problem because unless he was God, he lied. And good teachers don't lie. Good moral leaders tell the truth and they're not deceived. So understand a lot of false teaching about Christ and His deity and His humanity, and it even got started before the end of the lives of the apostles. Another one is First John 4, 1 and 2. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. That's the spirit of teachers, if you will. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. It's not that Jesus became Christ. Jesus Christ came and was born of a virgin. Others deny that He actually atoned for sins. Only God could do that. Well, Jesus was God. 
The reality of who he is, I think, is best summed up by uh, John the Baptist, John 1.29, when John introduced Jesus in public. It says, the next day he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Only one who can take away sin is God. Only God can forgive sin. Now, we'll say more about who Christ is. We'll overlap a little bit. I said we'll do three and a half points next week. Well, maybe 3.2 next week. But understand, the New Testament is all about bringing you to the point of understanding who Christ is so that you can understand we are part of one body. There is one Lord, there's one faith, all of these things. John 20, 30 and 31 Therefore, many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So there you have His incarnation and His role as the Messiah and His manhood. Jesus, the man, is the Messiah, is the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in His name. Oh, and by the way, there's the certainty of our hope. After he finished writing that book, the Apostle John wrote you a sequel. He wrote John so that you would believe. Then 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And that's the obvious question, my friend. Do you know that you have eternal life? Because you believe, you understand, God made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. Our sin problem makes it impossible for us to know God. But God overcame the impossibility. When it says in the, in the Gospels, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible, that's specifically referring to saving sinners. Only God can do that. And if you're a saved sinner, you're in Christ. And if you're in Christ, you are part of the one body. Next week, Lord willing, we'll continue with the theology of unity. But right now, let's bow our hearts together in unity. Let's reach out to our Father. Father, we do thank You as always, for the great goodness that you've poured out upon us in sending your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can be forgiven, that we can be saved. Thank you for bringing us into the one body. Oh, how we pray that Heritage Bible Church will all the more, day by day, be a more and more um, perfect representation of the one true body of Christ. Thank you for each one here who is in Christ, for whatever background they've come from, we praise you for touching them and calling them to yourself. If anyone here is not in Christ, oh, may this be the day that they reach out to you in faith and declare Jesus Lord and Savior, that their sins might be forgiven and they would be one with all the rest of us in Christ. Thank you that these things are true and we stand in your grace. 
and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.